What's up, everyone? Welcome to another sensational episode of the Curious K podcast. My name is Kolapo, and I'm your host. If you're joining us for the first time, Curious K podcast is a show where I meet with amazing startup founders and ecosystem builders working to make entrepreneurship thrive on the African continent. And this episode features Timmy Tokwe Babatunde Ekudayo, who is the CEO at Printivo, uh, co-founder at Get Equity. And interestingly, these are two companies founded in Lagos. And if you don't know, Printivo is an online print provider helping Nigerian startup SMEs print and ship business card banners, invitation cards, and more with ease. And interestingly, uh, which is part of what we'll be talking more today is Get Equity, uh, which is a company that is challenging the status quo of startup financing and venture capital. Uh, the company is democratizing access to startup funding, thereby expanding the pie uh, for previously underfunded and underserved startup. Thank you, Timmy Tokwe. It's an honor to have you on, on Curious Cape Podcast. Thank you for joining us today. And thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Uh, so, Tokwe, how are you doing today? I'm doing well so far. I mean, it's Saturday, just being up, resting, um, and taking stock of the week. But yeah, doing good. All right, nice. And uh, I'm in Lagos anyway. And last night was like the first rain of of the year, so <laughs> I think everywhere is a bit cool really? because it has been yeah. dusty for a while. I mean, where did never rain in my side, so I was. A bit disappointed. All I got was just wind. <laughs> I just did. Uh, it happens. It happens. Nice. All right. Yeah. So so let's get into it. Talk where uh, uh, probably you don't know this. I also studied geology as well. And when I was just going through your profile, it was interesting for me to see that. Oh, study geology. Uh, and so I would just like to know how did that start for you in terms of. Uh, you going to study geology and the path, and how did that lead to entrepreneurship for you? The recruiters, I've always wanted to study geology. I think I was very big on, on learning and consuming quite a lot of things around science and earth. Um, my dad, being a, a petroleum engineer, maybe could have helped, but I know pouring over his books and I mean, the first time when anybody asked me what I wanted to be, definitely, it was a geologist. And it was two things. It was because I I wanted to study, um, I actually wanted to study astrology. And so I said I needed a, what's the most relatable course then? And geology was like no brainer. And so I took it. Uh, but of course, as usual, what you wanted and what you get is not as the same um for me i think i because of how i consumed and also the school itself um it wasn't really it wasn't really it wasn't really catching to me and so i started finding myself do other things um other posts school activities i was consulting working at um international NGOs setting up uh, projects 
and all that. And that was basic the basic building blocks of entrepreneurship, learning how to run what financial basically run a company um and impact people. So it was an international NGO called ISEC. Um I was then the branch president and I was just learning along the line of leading people, creating impact. And I think at that point in time, we started a cervical cancer project called Project Pink. And I was able to impact 5,000 women and also started some major projects, signing partnerships. So it was literally my building block into entrepreneurship. And I just said, well, okay, I, I have a hang of this thing. And I like business, I like to make money. And then I think that was just the way I pivoted fully. So basically, I wasn't going to school um, at all. I was, and it's not even as a result of not going to school. I literally had read through and felt I was too advanced for what I was learning in school. So every time, I, I literally did not read. Once papers come there, I just write them and and I and I pass well, like very very well. So it became a thing of what's the point of going to sit down in class, whereby at the end of the day, whatever they set in front of you, you're going to blaze through. Just go find things to do, and that's that's basically it for me. Interesting. Uh, you you mentioned a project paint. Is it a project by uh, uh, Mrs. Josephine Chukuma? Oh, no, no. So it's a project we coined by ourselves. But interestingly, okay. it's still living on um, to today. Um, it's still living on. So someone from our group, like in ISA group, took it up. Um, and although the name is has changed, but he's still doing it. And it's gone far. The impact he even got rewarded by the UN Amazing. last year or two years ago. So, yeah, I mean... I'm happy to see the progression of these ideas to that level. But I mean, at that time, we're just students, so we couldn't do as much. Yeah. Uh, Nice. Yeah, so geology, I mean, the goal initially was you're interested about the planet, astrology, geology, maybe you wanted to get to an oil company. Uh, But while studying, you discovered you had like some other passions, right? And this is where all this NGO work started and you started leading teams and everything started, you know, coming together. So fresh out of school, what, what, what did you move into? So um, basically, like I said, to further that entrepreneurship drive, I started doing quite a lot. Uh, joined the record label, selling insurance, joined a TV, business TV show, doing consultancy, running several business, trying to set up many, my earliest version of my startup twice. Um, um, and then I decided to apply masters in the UK. Yeah, someone that was running the trading, it was more of an exchange program. Um, so I applied my business idea and that's funny enough, my consulting idea, which I still run to this day. And I got a grant to go to the UK to study um, in University of Sussex. And so, yeah, I left 
you study and you go through a success, I said handling a lot of consultings there helped the schools in terms of the go-to-market strategy for Nigeria because they were coming to Nigeria in terms of a liaison office. So yeah, pretty much after school, I was pretty much looking for all avenues to to just get into do something different. So I, I was pretty much everywhere then running either um, some, it was mostly business consultancies, helping set up businesses, helping build strategies. Yeah. And uh, at what point did you, did you uh, start uh, Principal? Or what, what was the story around you uh, being part of the founding team uh, of Principal? The way it works is it was then me coming back after uh, uh, coming back after um, the UK, I got into Nigeria and I felt, okay, I had quite a lot of proof, projects and profiles under my kitty. I was very young. Um, I think at this point in time, what do I want to do? So I helped if, in the space of figuring out what I need to do. I helped set up a school from scratch. So yeah, I was like more like assistant. You call it proprietor? Yeah, something like that. Um, <laughs> I helped set up the school, build it, grew the school from less than 20 children to over a thousand, right? Um, across different class ranges, senior to junior. Um, it was a bit boring for me. Then I decided to join my friend who wanted to start an animation and telco company. They were having challenge, challenges integrating with the telcos then. If you remember VAS, VAS was valid at the server, those mobile ringtone businesses. And so, I liked it. I liked the fact that I could create ringtones with my phone. And so I joined, I helped grow that business again to, to actually one of the leading earners then in MTN and Etisalat. Then Etisalat was, um, yeah, it was Etisalat, non Nine Mobile. So uh, it was, those were good years, but I wasn't challenged enough. And I felt, man, I was getting bored. So let me go set up my own thing. And the reason I was here, I've helped my friends start up. Um, the, the school and the animation company are still alive today. So it's still awesome. Um, I decided, okay, what's next? Let me maybe put out my own consultancy somehow or somewhere. Um, I, I get to meet a lot of events. I hang out. And but my problem is that I don't always have the the means to share what I do. So I wanted to create one cute card that just was a simple thing called business hacker or something. It was very crazy. Black card with just one white word, business hacker. And then at the back, it say call me with my email, phone number. You know, those kind of early days. Early days, um, swag as a startup swag, uh, boy, growth. <laughs> again, nice. just for me, <laughs> I had very funny delusions in my head. So I said, okay. Let me print out. And I started looking for a service similar to what I was used to in the UK, what was the company called Move, um, which does printing on demand. And I couldn't find any. I started asking people. Then I started searching and then I started seeing people refer this company open um, that is about to start called Tivo. And then I slide in to the Oliomi. I see him, oh, that's the person trying to build. I see he's talking, we start exchanging a lot of conversations on Twitter. And then I sent him a DM saying, oh, I love to be, um, I love this. 
And so I ordered a card, like just to test. And it, two days later, a dispatch rider came. And because they are, as at that time, SLA was saying seven days. But then two days later, a bike dispatch man came and handed my card over me. Well, packaged card. Got what I wanted. What, I what, what, I year, what, what year was this? Was this like 2014, 2013? 2013. Okay. Exactly. Um, and I went and I said, okay, let me join the fray. And I called him, look, what's how is Print Evil? Like, like he's just literally thinking of this crazy idea to take printing online. We're not so sure if the business would even survive because everybody keeps telling me and telling him that it's impossible. And I guess why they were saying it at that time because in 2013, the internet was not like what it was today. Worse off, not everybody was on the internet. Secondly, there were not many logistic companies. Third, Google Maps wasn't so advanced. Fourth, um, fourth again, I think it was even at the exchange rate was also crazy. Fifth, Shomolu, right? People do understand what you're trying to do. Sixth is also the, it was more of a nascent industry. People were not so familiar with ordering online. This was when Konga and Jumia were at, we were formerly called Kasuma and something, and we're just picking the new brand to people's head. And it was at the earliest moment. So it was at that point, if you look, go back and check, anybody that says they want to start a business online or the first wave of e-commerce, you will tell people that, man, there's no way this business will survive. As a business consultant too, when you take all those things into place and uh, factors, you will say it to your head, nah, these people are not serious. Their business will die. I beg, let me go. But that was the mad thing. I felt that there was something here and I liked Oluyomi, right? And also other co-founders. And I said, guys, let's build magic, right? Let's figure out a lot of things. So basically we had to build three companies from the get-go, we had to build a logistic company, we had to build a printing company, and we had to build a technology company and merge this stream to what Printivo is today. Interesting story right there. I mean, looking back, those early years, is, I mean, I think foresight is just key for, for entrepreneurs as well. Uh, around that time, 2013, I, I think I met uh, Oluyo Amitu in this conference called uh, Mobile West Africa. I think there's this like mobile West African conference that was that was happening at that time. Uh, and I think I was in a chat with Olufobi mm -hmm. as well. And he was just very excited, you know, about about what you're trying to do with printing. People can order online. And I was like, wow, this is interesting. And because people mm -hmm. want to print and the first place they'll think of is Shomolu. But the thing is, there are a lot of problems because most of these guys, I mean, mm -hmm. they're not that reliable at times. You might order for something. You might get something else. The color will be red. <laughs> They'll probably deliver a very let, different. Let, let shade me let me even tell you. Let me tell you a fun. <laughs> let me tell you a funny story, right? In um after we started, I think it was in 2016, right? That I think it was that very very single day I was very bored. I didn't have anything to do. I said, so let me start searching Twitter for the earliest conversation of Printivo that I could find, right? But it then put me into the rabbit hole when I now went into 
seeing the pain points of people having issues with printing as far back as 2010. And for imagine for three years worth of combined frustration. So it was more like we were building for a need that the market wanted. And this is why for me, I mean, we might get into this conversation. I, when people talk product market fit, I laugh because in my case, it's market product fit. It's the other way around. There needs mm. to be a subset of a, a market that is large or it is adjacent to a very large market of which your product meets a need that shots you across. And if you check properly, if we call all the names of the current businesses we know, they actually had uh, existing waiting Market. markets, mm. right? That their product just fits into. Fits into, <laughs> basically. But the other problem we do have is when we hear this product market, is most times people go build out a product and start looking for a market. market. <laughs> That's where the problem always happens. And, and the question asks is, okay, what next? How do we find this market product? I always ask it. It's the first thing that everyone should do. Research the hell out of what you're doing or what you're getting into. So as we were, we're not printers. I came from a business consultancy slash creative slash communication marketing background. Olumiomi is a creative designer, has an agency. The other guy was operations. We sat down to learn printing, learn it as even better than people who were in printing for many years. And that's the dedication, research about it, then speak to people. I think at, at no point, if I'm to be guessing, we spoke to nothing less than 5,000 people across board in different places, anywhere, telling people about the idea and hearing people laugh, but hearing frustration from people that we were speaking to who needed this, who we already with, we had people who were like, oh yeah, when you launch, we will use you. When you launch, we will use it. That kind of conversation. Then when we launch. decided to launch, it was also a magic, I would say luck itself, but also the fact that we were prepared for that luck and the sense that, um, a very popular international um, journalist was in Nigeria and she needed to print a card. And so she tweeted, I'm looking for where to print a card. I am flying by five. And this was, I think, at nine in the morning. I'm flying by five. I need, I desperately need a card. And I need it now. And someone just, we just literally said, use Printable. She's like, okay. She was not sure. So she <laughs> what slid is into our so she slid into our DM to be like, are we religious? Because she was kind of this. We now said, okay, hold off to your money, give us the design, we'll print and get it out. We printed and we delivered to her by 12 o'clock. Wow. Collected the money. Um that's when she paid online. So again, we didn't hold cash with her. We, I think from that first day, we just ensured that we never took cash. We just told her to make payments. Um, luckily, um, at that point in time, also Paystack was just doing close beta. So we were literally told our guys, so Omar, Ezra, just give us something to collect this cash. And that was that link paid and got into the account. Although we got a few days later, but I mean, she paid. And so immediately she went and tweets it and says, this works. And that was it. 
Amazing. That so that referral and experience now became our growth hack engine, literally mm. for that entire year. We ensure people's experience were lovely. They tell people about it. They tell people about it, and that and like that, it's like cascading and going forward. So yeah, um, that talks about it. But I, I mean, it wouldn't have existed if people didn't have needs. If they were not dealing with shitty, shitty shitty shomolu printers and mm. shitty printing experience and stress basically yeah amazing amazing story uh, right there uh and I, I like the fact that you're able to break it down when it comes to trying to solve a pain uh i've heard some people say don't build a a, a problem that is looking for a solution or something like that i mean mm -hmm. just I mean, what is the pain? And the market here is already screaming, we are in pains, we are in pains. And then build a product that just, you know, relieve them of the pain. And I think it's a very great way for entrepreneurs to think about solving problem, you know, and that that's really great. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. And so so let's let's talk about get equity. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh you've you've been building principle for over six, seven years, uh, eight years now. And um, so at what point did you, did you uh, think, okay, I want to build something else? I know you've built something before that time. I, you were getting bored. Was it the same thing with Printivo? Oh, for me, um, in between that, right, remember I told you my consultancy business has been there. So I've been doing Printivo consultancy um, and parties. Yes, I was hosting parties numerous funny parties, engagements, fun events. But it was not boredom. It was a realization, actually. Mm. So um, when you meet, again, this is same market product fit conversation. When you meet a lot of people at both events, at both your own events, at Hangout, at speaking directly to founder, at working with businesses, and we again good thing in working with a large number of businesses that people had it, um speaking to founders of those businesses remaining friends constant problem of having to raise great ideas no network or no one who knows this person who be able and, and the truth about investment is also that in the earliest stage people are investing in the person and not the idea to be very candid if you ask many investors, if you do a ratio, you will find nothing less than 80%. The reason they put money in a business is because of one, the founder, either they know the founder or they build it. the concept again was I was trying to explain reason ab about my own market productive tests, which is there's already an existing market and you find a product that fits it. And so part of this was in my daily engagement, through my startup consultancy, through my um, events I hosted, and through my daily operations working with business founders to well, print seamlessly. It was that constant problem of, man, I'm looking for capital to scale my business. I cannot. Lovely ideas that they are trying to do, awesome business op options. See that these people are solid, trustworthy, but nothing. On the other side, you're engaging same investors through other um, means and events you meet them in. And that's one of the concepts of problem. I have this small cash. I don't know where to drop it. Um, I'm looking for a great deal business opportunity. I'm looking for a strong deal flow. Deal flow here meaning company. Um, 
And because again, investment is more around the founder you are investing in, largely because ideas are a dozen. Execution mm -hmm. is the major thing, right? So okay. you need to take a bet that this person can execute this idea, this business model in this market and become a winner. So if, for example, I meet a person saying, oh, I want to get into oil and gas. And then I find out that this person maybe was the head of head of marketing or strategy at, say, Owando. And he literally grew Owando from zero to what it is today. And he's starting a new business model in oil and gas. I will fund him simply because he has, he has done it before. And he has done it even in a place that everybody said was impossible. And now mm -hmm. he is coming with a new model. I will trust him. And then I go and take referees and reviews and they tell me this is a solid guy. And I go to places that I know people I can trust and they trust me. And if they give me a review, I can hold I hold it to bank, basically. And they tell me, oh, this guy, I've worked with him. And you know the funniest thing about the life? Life is like a circle. You yeah. find out within your circle, there's another one that knows that person in the circle. It's just about asking those circles until you find the right data that you need um you also know the good and bad the strengths and weaknesses of this person and then you take your bet that's why investing is more like an informed bet on someone to scale that business sometimes investors uh, miss it totally there are people that they will ignore who then overnight be become successful there are sometimes they they ignore a business model which then becomes world changing and become the, the new standard so it's not always that investors know or i mean they take a bet an informed bet so it can go yes or it could go no um whichever option and this thinking again when we are having these two contrasting um ideas and conversations and pain points and needs it became more interesting that, hmm, how can I connect these two people together? And so in my thinking, I said, all right, let me start up a business which will be a networking system. And it was around, right around the, before the COVID um, hit. Um, and we just started building, right? I started thinking, I started just building precepts with my friends around me. And along the line, I also met a guy on Twitter. As at that time, his name was Big Brother. Just quite a, I was very noisy on Twitter, and so he was. But we started seeing a lot of common thoughts, thinking, precepts. And started chatting on the DM close to about a year, exchanging different ideas. And hmm, this made sense for us to build. And so I was always checking in. Today is going to like, oh, here's a bit of wireframe. Here's a bit of the deck and we're tweaking it and all this we're just working it because at that point in time it was a very crazy idea i want to take shares of a business tokenize it into fraction give it to people to invest in real time it is crazy as at that time and if anyone told you you might say man that will never work just the just opposing to 2013 when someone tells you <laughs> um Taking print online will work. And I saw it's I laughed because I said, yes, now this is it, right? This crazy idea, this challenging idea, this pioneer 
right? Because again, in 2013, Pioneer business model was interesting. Now, again, that same kick of being a pioneer into this place, even if it's an existing place, but being a different outlook. And so, yeah, um, got into it. Also, from my experience right, raising from investors, I kind of picked quite a lot of things that I wanted to change. And so just along the line, merging my own experience, work, and network with Jude's network and Williams also network and ideas, we better get equity, right? To provide a simple platform to first connect investors looking for great high opportunities to those people looking to raise, but not only that, create an ecosystem around investment, alternative investment, starting with startup cap, um, investment, tokenize this, provide it access to all. And that's essentially what we are doing. Amazing. So so can you just run us through how, how it works for a startup founder? I uh, have an idea, for example, I'm trying to build uh, this amazing form that if I sit down on it, it's going to make me feel com- very comfortable. And I want to list it on the platform. So how does it work? Is it just like going to your website, uh, just answering some questions? And what, what's the process like? Okay, so um, interesting process is that we first and foremost have a venture, a full-fledged full, uh, venture slash investment committee. Um, and we have kind of uh, touch points that we look out for great businesses, which we draw from quite a varied and wide uh, touch points. So we have investment bankers, PEs, uh, PEs slash investment banking, we have venture capital, we have founders, we have uh, analysts, scouts, all these people match together in terms of how they approach a business idea and thinking of if that business will be successful and score it based basically qualitative or quantitative and provide a yes or no. And so what happens basically is, again, we look out for issues. Um, we don't fund ideas, <laughs> I need to say that. Um, we fund businesses who are ready, either making money, have good traction okay. or, or a good cash flow um, in terms of op- opportunities to have a very strong community because again, remember it's your community. We're trying to find an alternative way for you to raise. For you to in raise this money. sense, you raise money from a community, your friends, your family, your customers, right? And so it means that you need to have a bit of stickiness. It means that people need to like your business, what you do, want to see you succeed and support and all those building blocks don't just happen if you are given a bad service or if your model is not strong enough mm. and all so so you just kind of extract that so we look at those different factors operational capacity the founders di- the founding dynamics the market size the op- so we take as much we do quite a lot of due diligence on those business so as people are applying we're also automating the the automating the logic around all these things so that in real time we can even let people know oh work on xyz area of your business or not uh, based on any experience and the truth is that we do get this from across board so most times 
like I said, in a market, you might want to have a different business model, but in the entire market, there's a size. You know what this is. You know the total size of people who buy cars in a year. And if someone is telling you, oh, we're going to do this, I'm just going to be extrapolating to what that cliff will be, because that's just the zenith. So anyway, once we get and see that, oh, this business is great, has a lot of options, when we say, okay, it's time to well list. And a part of the listing is where we do the, the things like in terms of the VC game, which we discuss around the valuation of the business, what they are raising in terms of to get them to the next level, what support, what is their expectation, um, who and how are they going to even talk about their stories and to the public. And they choose the options in terms of our offerings um, to go to a private race or a public race. The public race, then we put out those information and tell, oh, that business is listed. Okay. Um, we've now taken that allocation, let's say it's $100,000, and tokenized it into a 10,000 tokens at $10 per token, and you can be part of it. And so people download the app, feel a KYC um, through a four-step process, then see the opportunity of the company, the company's problem, what it's trying to do. It's about the founders, attraction, social media information, their pitch deck, legal documentation, if they are showing, and all those things are there. And then I make a decision, decision like, hmm, this idea looks something interesting, or I'm in an area in fintech, and I see a fintech business, and I think this makes sense because I've been there, I understand, I have pref um, um, what do you call it, background knowledge on how this business is going to make money. And I'm able to put my $10, like they're risking for you. So that's about give or take in today's exchange rate is about 5,650 Naira uh, to own a tiny muscle that could become. That company. So that the minimum investment well, is $10 on the platform. Yes. The okay. way it started, the the minimum is $10, right? But the, the founding team or the team who is raising can choose to set a minimum they want you can choose the say, okay um the minimum for hours is a thousand dollars i mean everyone would has their preference but we just think that the point of making something in terms of ownership um available to a lot of people should be as small as possible right as tiny as possible fractionalizing this to allowing people have access to it and that's essentially how it works um in the other in the other product, the private race product, we more like give you the entire infrastructure for you to raise from people. We have some tools that people can use in terms of creating secondary transactions, ESOP management, captive management, um, onboarding, secret link management. So quite a lot of different um, infrastructure products that we offer to, to startups who, for example, have already existing um, investor networks that want to come into the to their round because this is another issue you find is like i'm i'm raising my very first investment proceed and maybe i raise it for my institutional investor i happen to do well then all my friends and family are really really wanting to get in 
and I'm raising again. But I don't have a, a very clear and simple structure to, to gather all these work, people. All these people. Right? Gather all these people into one place to make it yeah. work, which is what we're providing with our deal room. The deal room essentially brings all these people together to co join you in your next race or even your, your preceding race. So it's, it's providing founders an easy way to manage a large group of people into one simple place, have one clean cap table, which helps you. Because again, this seems something you notice as you scale, as you grow, and you raise new rounds. You don't want to have a very messy cap table. Yeah. Um, and so this is how we're trying to support it by creating a very simple onboarding um, back office management tool that manages your raise, raising process from, from the day of setting up um, that deal to managing that deal subsequently every year. So, yes. Great. So, uh, you're doing a lot of work for the founders uh, in terms of uh, helping them through their business model, even the due diligence. So, how how, how do you make money? Well, what's your business model like? I mean, doing all this work. And, um, and do you stay with the business even after fundraising? Because, of course, you have to still track what you're doing. So, if investors want to sell out... So what, what, how, do you, how do you drive ensure sustainability for the business in doing all this? Um, so I basically, we have different ways we charge. If you are okay. running a public raise, we charge you 4% of the amount you are raising. Um, if you are doing... That's a, a flat private, fee? Yes, yeah, flat fee. Okay. Um, the flat fee. Um, we don't charge carries or management fee or any of other, just 4% simple um, of whatever you're raising. On the other side, okay, if you're using a private raise, there are three different ways. Um, because we built, again, we build the deal rooms to meet different people. There's the deal room for community. That is for communities trying to raise for a project. We charge 5%. If you're a deal room for syndicates or to create syndicates that will do investment, we charge a tiered access from a thousand to about $2,500 per year. Um, that's separate from legal, legal fees if you want us to help in your legals, which is also a separate fee. If you are a deal room for companies, we also charge per one, the two and access in terms of services, valuation, if you want to run a valuation report, uh, that's usually four nine valuation and manage your cap table um, better, which might be monthly subscription. Um, and then also helping you in, in setting up your ESOP program. So ESOP is employee stock options. And you can set up a program, assign it to employees, let that vest over the years and allow your employees also make money as you do. And that's the point of the ownership. And once they are able to make money as you do, they would give you your all. And in today's talent uh, wars, I think that's one of the best ways to secure awesome talents. Give them a stake and ownership. Great. And so, so far, like how much has the platform been able to help entrepreneurs raise? And do you also have entrepreneurs outside of Nigeria coming on the platform or is it for cost is it like a position to be a global platform is it africa 
Oh yeah, so in terms of raise, we've done over 400,000, over 400,000 who have raised. I think more Great. than 18 companies have been listed, more, more we're about considering to be listed. Um, in terms of how we position, yeah, we're a global platform, but we're focused more around emerging markets, starting with Africa um, as, as the pilot. So even if entrepreneurs are raising, it has to be that their businesses have core operations here within Africa um, as, as, as a starting out point. Um, but in terms of investors, our investors come across from across the world. So yeah, we're global focused, but we, we are inten our intentionality of investment is more here within Africa because it's quite needed here. The, we need more more invest, more businesses need to set up here and we need to build more wealth here. Yeah, absolutely. And in terms of policies, all right, are there like um regulations? Uh uh is it like SEC uh, policies mm -hmm. around uh because this is like a new model of raising investment, mm -hmm. you know, uh for startup. Uh, which is like uh, you, you can call it crowdfunding, right? It, it's a form of equity crowdfunding, you know, for startups. So, is it like a, a form of regulation uh, seen through the platform, or uh, or the government they are still waiting to try to understand what is happening, or how, how is that like? If you can share that with us. All right, thank you. Um, I think I should have begun this. Yeah, I think I should have begun this. We are not the crowdfunding platform. We are a private placement platform. There are two different things. Private placement bring so in the sense of a legal structure, we are a syndicate. Yes, a syndicate is a group that invests. Okay. Syndicate legally, um, we are a group of investors who invest in companies, and that's why it's a private placement. It means that okay. companies come and place their allocation of shares and capital to be raised through their friends, family, community, customers in a private system, right? So it's not, I mean, these two can be often mostly confused with each other, which is fine. And we get to see that that is the perception. So with notwithstanding that, again, we, we have spoken to the SEC around our model. Um, before we launched, it still behoves on us to, in terms of our self-regulation, to of course get the license, so which is what we are applying for. Um, hopefully, when we do get it announced to everyone, because we need people to trust us as much as we are ensuring that um, the system is trustworthy and transparent on both sides. Um, um, I, I think one of those major things is it's a personal thing for me not to to. In terms of creating integrity, the system has to have integrity, and so mm -hmm. yeah, we were we're doing to get that license. Again, we don't need it, but um, I just need to say that that's the difference. We are a private placement platform and not an equity crowdfunding platform, even if we're in partnership with some of them. Um, but the the interesting thing also is that again. Um, we we see that this is going to be the new paradigm of of how things will move towards the future. This ownership mindset, and so we're just being perfectly positioned for that. Great, amazing. I mean, th th thanks for sharing that, and and for for also 
uh, educating us about about that. Uh, so, uh, so tell us about funding because I understand you have to raise funds for this startup. There are a whole lot of operations, back-end operations happening before the startup race. Uh, so tell us about funding. Uh, was it self-financed? Did you bootstrap it? Uh, uh, have you oh, yeah, raised yeah. for this? We, we bootstrap, we raised um, pre-seed um, so far. So yeah, we bootstrap starting out um, using out the earliest product thing, paying people to get things done. Um, and then yeah, we did raise from Greenhouse Capital, who who actually uh, liked the idea because, again, they had some similar thoughts towards this. And so it was just more about us having a great alignment. And that's why I always say it's always great to work with strategic investors who are aligned mm-hmm. in, in your vision when you're starting out. You, you don't just want to take money from anybody. You need to take mm-hmm. money from people who who know or see where you would be. Remember, you're in, as an investor, you're investing and taking a bet on people, right, at that earlier stage. And so it's the same way in every play. Most of either the institutional down to, to angel investors is that you take a bet. And so in the same sense is that they're taking a bet in us and we definitely are working to ensure that that bet builds and multiplies. Is there anything you would like to tell us about get equity or something you're really excited about as as a roundup? Oh yeah, please download the app. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's that's one of the major things I'll say. Like that. <laughs> download download the app. Um, check out the opportunities. Um, interestingly, we've listed eighteen. Ten of those companies have closed their round. One just closed their round quite yesterday. Funny enough, and. It was at 75% the day before. Yesterday, I woke up to see that it's closing around, so I'm really excited. Um, yeah, please quickly download the app, get in before most of the company rounds close. We're going to be listing many more next week. Um, we have quite a, a lot of things rolled out for this year. Um, again, like you said, getting the license, announcing global partnerships with interesting crowdfunding platforms, our expansion, and we're expanding into other, onto markets, um, which again aligns us providing African-centric investment opportunities to everyone, creating more of a global outreach. Um, talking more about this model, helping people get raises. So there's quite a lot to be done. Um, that means more, more sleepless nights, but uh, <laughs> we, we will definitely do this until we, we create a new shift and a new model on, on, on how you raise and, and how people own things. Um, if you're an employee, employee founder or if you're a founder here, you can apply um, to our platform. If you have significant traction, revenues, awesome, great ideas, opportunities, um, and you want to do your precede raise, please speak to us. Um, you can set up a Calendly link. Um, it's right there on our website. Um, you can also just reach out or support at getequity.io. Um, the team will definitely be on ground. Um, and we do answer our emails, calls, whatever, um, in any channel. I won't ghost you, right? We won't literally ghost you. So you just always know that 
you have people to talk to at any point in time. Um, also, yeah, um, we've been also thinking of kicking out a lot of physical so meetings. There's also going to be an ask me anything basically this February okay. before the end of February, you should hear about it where you can come ask any type of questions about it. Um, we're not looking to fight anyone, so please don't come. <laughs> us. Uh, but just basically, come. Let's let's talk around everything fundraising, startup life. I know we're founders. Like, if you're an investor looking to put ten dollars or more, or trying to support a startup founder, you don't know how. There are ways you can get on our Twitter Spaces where we have live one-on-ones with the founders of these companies you ask questions you understand their business model and then you decide to support them if you understand this it helps you in how you invest when you see opportunities if you need to understand terms or technologies we use because in the startup world we use so many technologies so if you need feel free to reach out to support at getequity.io we're definitely going to answer to you um, again, download the app, um, fill in your KYC, load your wallet, and start funding the, the next pay stacks. That's the way I'm going to put it. <laughs> All right. Guys, thank you, Talkway. I mean, it's an honor to have you on Curious K Podcast. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you for having me here. Yeah, it's an amazing conversation. All right, everyone, thank you so much for listening to this episode. I kindly recommend the show to your friends. And um, see you next time. Bye-bye.